B-G-N-A-R-L-E-Y Till I die <laughs> Mic check, one, two To the three, four, five Nick tunes up next with the podcast live What's up, Gummit? Gummit Vomit Brought to you by JB2 and the Dude And today's show's sponsors are Smoke America, Virginia Beach And Coastal Edge And we also got Embassy Skateboards and Outbound Beef Jerky. And I'm giving a shout-out to Embassy Skateboards, the one with the uh, rose deck. That's Salt Rags. Our awesome guest. One, two, three. Rodney Mead. Rodney Mead. What's up? Hey, Mr. Rodney. Well, what do we call you, Mr. Rodney, Mr. Med? Mead. 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 It's uh, Rodney's fine. Rodney? Just don't call me Rod. Rod. My mom calls me Rod. Fishing Rod. What's up, Rodney? Not Rod. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, uh, that's a salt rags board behind you with the roses on it from Heidi Lemon. She was the one helping us do the pup cup. Yeah, yeah, we're in the big shout out to Heidi. Yeah. You? She's awesome. And salt rags. And Saw Rags makes a lot of little, little like Grom size boards for like five, six, seven, eight year olds. They've got seven inch, seven two five, seven fives, like really small boards with small wheelbases for little beginner Groms. So uh-huh. check it out. Saw Rags is a is a good company, and Heidi's a really good lady. Yeah, always looking out for the Groms. Well, no time, long time no see. <laughs> Yeah, just, right. Still coming off the bus from uh, Jackalope Fest. Yeah. How, how, like, how was your time there? Was it awesome? Oh, it was pretty fun. Lots of fun. I got there an extra day, two days early because uh, a couple of my buddies were actually working on the ramp, the vert ramp. So I went there a couple of days early to hang out with them and uh, enjoy some free time. Um, oh, so nice. it was pretty cool. Yeah. Got to go to crash more. I didn't skate. My ankle was a little messed up, but uh, I got to go hang out with my some of my teammates are from Virginia Beach, as you guys know. Um, yeah. Nathan Midget, Alan Midget, Colin Graham, and uh, a few others. So Ronan Livingston, uh, yeah. Tyson isn't from Virginia, but he's not far away. Outer Banks, I believe. Yeah. You have any embassy teammates there in Virginia Beach? So it was good to get there and hang out with some of my teammates and have some fun for the weekend. That's awesome. And meet you guys. Yeah. Pretty awesome thing you guys got going here. You helped me learn how to lake grab, and now I can get over coping. Oh, yeah. You're going to start blasting now. But awesome. You see that little kid? that was just, they just put in the X games. No, Late I or whatever. He's like nine years old or something doing like 10 foot airs. Oh, no, wow. I don't think I know. Yeah. It was a, a little, little kid. They just let skate in the X games in, uh, where would they have that last X game? Brazil. I think oh, they just wow. had the X games, Brazil. And they let this little kid in, um, his name's Leonardo or Leo or I can't search it now because I'm on the computer. But, uh, yeah, he's a new up-and-coming little Grom, and he is blasting. Like, he's yeah, short, not- he's small. It's not about size. It's about manipulating the physics of a half pipe 
And the kid's going, you know, nine, 10 feet off the roll in first air, yeah. method air is like just blasting. Oh, wow. Leonardo Vinicus. Leonardo huh? Vinicus. Leonardo Vinicus. It was Leonardo. I got it right. Sweet. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody. Right. Yeah, everybody, he's really check him good. Out. You have um, any other hobbies besides skateboarding? Um, I got a couple. <laughs> I like gardening a little bit. I haven't started okay. my garden this year. I'm getting a little bit of a late start on my garden this year, but I like to grow food, vegetables, fruits, uh, you know, stuff like that. I grow squash, zucchini, tomatoes, peppers, lots of peppers. I like to make pepperoncinis. I like to make my own pickled pepperoncinis. Uh, I... Just kind of your average stuff. Nothing crazy. I oh, nice. actually have a little garden. Do you? Of my own. I got seeds from the dollar store. Yep. It was it was on sale for four for yeah, one dollar. Yeah, you can get packs of them for super cheap, and you get the right soil and treat them right. You can. It's not super hard. Yeah, I have peppers growing, like spicy yeah. peppers. I have carrots growing, and I have radishes. I, I did carrots last year. I have Do you? Spinach. spinach is good. Spinach is a uh, good thing. I, I buy it all the time. I should probably grow more of it. I, I like growing know. collard greens. I don't know if it's growing, though. The spinach, uh, the other things are definitely growing. Yeah. Uh, you can see them. But Try collard greens. I don't greens. know about the spinach. Collard greens are good to grow. Make a yeah. big old batch of collard greens. Oh. Some southern food. Yeah. <laughs> How did I you eat collard greens and black eyed peas on New Year's Day with cornbread? Oh. It's a oh, tradition. You really gotta good. look it up. It's good luck. Yeah. <laughs> How did you fall in love with skateboarding? Well, let's see. That's uh somewhat of a loaded question, huh? How did I fall in love with it? Well, I fell in love with it very early on, and I was fortunate enough to have two older brothers that were starting to do it. My oldest brother, Lonnie, was sort of into it and had got a skateboard like in the early 70s, I want to say, or maybe mid seven, mid to late 70s. My older brother, Lonnie's four years older than me. I'm 54. And um, he had a, he got to skate Sensation Basin, I think, Longwood Pipeline. Um, I, I got to skate Kona cause Kona is still open, but Kona oh, and a couple yeah, of parks awesome. were open, uh, back in the 70 before they started demolition, you know, demo, um, demoing them all. Um, so he had skated a ramp in the, in the woods that our friend Tim Payne, you might know had oh, yeah. built, it was called the Kmart ramp. And it was a U-ramp, no flat bottom, didn't have any platforms or coping on it, had a roll-in on one side where you roll in and then you would skate and hit the half pipe. I think it was maybe 24 feet wide. Um, and I remember going to that with my brother and playing around on it because they were skating, him and his friends, Tim and these other guys. Um, and so one shortly after sort of, my mom and my first uh, stepdad had separated and moved me and my older brothers sort of across the street from a younger brother who stayed with my stepdad. And 
we had a rental property. Well, we decided, or my older brothers, I helped. I was 11 or 12 probably at this time, maybe 12. Um, I would say 1980. 81, somewhere in there. Um, we started to try to build a ramp in the backyard by ourselves with a hand-drawn transition and, you know, hammered together plywood and nails. And it was a rickety piece of junk. Um, my brother was in high school at that time and was dating Tim Payne's sister. And so Tim Payne and my brother became good friends and Tim came over and tore that ramp down. He was apparently on a construction crew of some sort, and he was a construction worker. Had just got out of high school, and proceeded to draw our transitions with an arc and a proper transition. It was nine foot transitions with a foot of vert built to basically sixteen foot wide, um, or eight foot wide at first. Then we made it another eight foot wide. Perfect vert ramp in my backyard. Um, Nine foot trannies with a foot of vert, 16 foot of flat, 16 foot wide, extension on one side. My first skateboard that was ever a real skateboard, I went to the skateboard shop. It was a Veriflex Vectra, tracker trucks. I can't remember what kind of wheels, but uh, I walked into my backyard and started learning how to skate on that ramp. I never oh, wow. even had a street skate. I couldn't even push the board around on the sidewalk. Like I bought my skateboard, my mom bought it. We went to the shop. My brother knew the guy at the shop, Orange Cycle Works. Shout out to George Davis, who's been help through, throughout my career. But, uh, you know, I walked into my backyard and started skating a perfect half fight for about two years. Um, then the landlord, because we were renting, um, somehow you know, I guess complaints or found out she could be sued. And even though we had a stack of waivers on top of our refrigerator from every kid that came over there, we were the place to hang out every day after school for two years. Uh, it was, you know, the neighborhood hotspot for many, many, many sessions. And a lot of good skaters came over and all my racial alter, TJ Kemp, um, who's Brad Kemp now, as we used to call him TJ. Um, he came from Cali and he used to skate for Sim skateboards and he could do airs and hand plants and ratio Walter could do airs and hand plants. And a couple of these guys, my brother could do some good tricks and stuff. So it wasn't shortly after that. I just fell in love with it. And I had surfed at that point. I was, we would skip school and go to the beach in the morning and then go catch the, the second half of school or whatever, or, I was early on in that stage, but I would hang out with my older brothers and, and do it. But uh, once that ramp was in the backyard, I had no interest in paddling out in Florida on a flat day and waiting for waves to come in when I had 10-foot swells breaking all day in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I, I fell in love with it. I started skating every day, every day I got home from school. And I got really good, really fast, got sponsored by my local skate shop, uh, Orange oh, Cycle Works, and, um, and started skating with Tim, became friends with Tim. And after my ramp got tore down, I kind of tagged along with Tim and built half pipes and skated half pipes with him all over the Orlando community until 
I graduated high school. And then right when I graduated, I took off with him to go to St. Louis, Missouri to um, build a ramp with him for this big giant pro demo for the 4th of July stern wheel regatta in St. Louis, Missouri on the, the river with the arc, the arch. Uh, do you still have the ramp? I, not oh, that ramp. That have, ramp's like, gone. Yeah, not that ramp, but do you still have a ramp? Yes. I just recently, let's say recently, about four or five years ago, acquired the Vans vert ramp from the Orlando Vans skate park when it closed down. Oh, wow. So I was able to buy the mini ramp, the midsize ramp, and the vert ramp for 10 grand. Oh. And we took them all apart and moved them out of there. The spine ramp ended up coming here. My buddy bought it and didn't have anywhere to put it. So he put it here. I brought the vert ramp here to my property. The spine ramp has since rotted away and is gone now. Um, oh. We just got rid of tearing the rest of it out. I was going to start repairing it. Um, but we started repairing it and realized there wasn't anything worth repairing. It would, it would require a, basically a full rebuild. Um, all that wood was indoor wood. It was in a mall. So when we put it outside, we painted it. We did what, excuse me. We did what we could to protect it, but excuse me, Florida weather, it was inevitable. I mean, yeah. the skate light was holding up for a while, but when you took that skate light off, you realized that underneath was just a rotting core of a ramp. Um, and it started getting really bad and, uh, you know, screws and stuff wouldn't hold the skate light down anymore. Everything was rotted underneath. Oh. So we went ahead and demoed it. Now I still have all the foundation for it outside. And I think in the near future, fingers crossed, not, too near a future, but probably within a year or two, I'm going to have to possibly start doing another rebuild on the vert ramp. I've already had to re like fix rotten stuff on it uh, two times already. That has taken, you know, some of it, the second time took me a lot longer because of COVID. Uh, we kind of got stuck in the rebuild process with the price of lumber skyrocketed. And it was just a couple snowball things that happened that kind of pushed everything back and prolonged. Mm -hmm the uh, rebuild of the, I don't know what you would say, maybe the North wall, <laughs> just yes. guessing, thinking East, West, North, it's probably the North wall. We had redone the South wall that has the staircase on it the year before. And I'm um, starting to get bumps, a little, a couple bumps in that wall. Overall, the ramp's holding up good. I think my hand railing needs to all re be redone right now. It's starting to rot away. Um, the stairs we redid, so they're still good. Uh, my flat bottom's gold. I rebuilt my flat bottom from scratch with all pressure treated wood when I redid the ramp last time. So I think the next time I do it because of a couple different reasons, uh, because Phil Hajal and the Lillers, Gavin and Cole Liller, you might have heard of them. Gavin uh, and Cole, I both believe ride for Monster, um, are at least part of the Monster Army program. and they built ramps basically identical to mine as far as specs are concerned, transitions, vert, and flat bottom. They're both uh, different widths and have a couple different extension options than my ramp. But as far as vert, flat, and transitions, 
identical. Uh, huh. My ramp has a 14 foot of flat, 10 foot, nine inch transition and a foot nine of vert. It's 12 and a half foot tall. Wow. Um, that's the basic specs of it. And I have a bigger extension than those guys. They have a little bit shorter extension, but Phil's is wider. Phil's is 12, uh, 16 foot wide extension. Mine's 12. Uh, I think the Lillers is only an eight foot wide extension, but they have it on both sides and it's only like a foot high, but you know, it's a, a higher section across on both sides, which makes it kind of cool to learn how to skate with some extra vert. Um, but it's a really nice ramp. Mike Fraser's quoted to be saying it's the perfect ramp. Um, it flows very nicely. You don't have to work super hard if you have the right wheels. Um, it still has a big enough transition to catch you and not be too hard on the body. And that's why some of the bigger transition ramps have kind of developed over the years is because it's a little bit easier on the body um, in which the way we bail with our knee pads, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Where do you think the like coolest place that you've ever skateboarded at is? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> The year over the years have been so many super cool places. I've been able to get been lucky enough and fortunate enough for skateboarding to take me and skate. Um, Houston Skate Park for sure. North Houston Skate Park, uh, giant, massive skate park. I, I can't even, I don't even remember how many bowls. I lost count how many bowls that place has. Giant full pipe, huge. What deep about bowl. Kona? Kona is an awesome place. I have a funny story about that one. I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, San Jose is a really the the world's largest park or where it used to be California or world's largest park. I forget or something like that. But the big giant skate park in San Jose, you know that one. Oh, it's where they do the Tim Brock. They used to do the Tim Brock World Cup Tim Brock contest. It's it's giant. A bunch of bowls. Big full pipe. Matt, it's uh, it used to be um, either the nation or world's largest skate park for a while until they they've built bigger ones now. But it was it's huge. You look it up. It's the San Jose Skate Park in San Jose, California. It it used to be where the infamous boomerang ramp was at Wild Waters. I want to say that's the name of the place, Wild Waters. Just no, I don't right really the, know. My hand, but look that up. There's tons of history rare. Look up I Boomerang Ramp, Raging Waters. I think it's Raging Waters. And yeah. uh, tons of uh, vert ramp skateboarding history uh, there. It's a water park, and they built a big boomerang half pipe and had contests there and stuff at the water park. It was, it was pretty crazy. But the yeah. uh, San Jose Skate Park was built very close to that location, and they sort of claim that historical skateboarding history in their background, if you will. Um, another super cool place. Uh, I don't know. There's been so many rad places, but Kona, as far as home being home, Kona would be probably the first raddest place I ever went as a young skateboarder. Right. So we yeah. had a half light in my backyard and we were starting to become avid little skateboarder. I was definitely a little skateboarding junkie by the time I was 13, 14. I was, uh, you know, I was all in for sure. <laughs> so 
So uh, uh, wearing all the latest skate stuff and Zorlac and, you know, all kinds of stuff at that point, collecting magazines. Uh, my room was, was basically wallpapered with magazine pictures. Um, uh -huh. Just cut them out and tape them together and just plaster them across the wall like wallpaper. Uh, oh, yeah. So I was all in at that point. My mom took me and my brother Brent to Kona for a weekend for the first time. This was back when they had the half pipe and it was actually fiberglassed. They had fiberglassed it in. So you're talking early eighties when you look at the ramp and it's orange. If you ever see pictures of Kona during the eighties, when the ramp is orange, that's the time I went. So they had fiberglassed the ramp and we were going to stay for the, we did stay for the weekend. Unfortunately, I sprained my ankle the first hour of skating the first day we got to the park oh. on the half pipe. It was so slippery and I could skate. Like we were just skating and the board slipped out. I sprained my ankle, swelled up like a balloon, ice the whole rest of the weekend. I had to sit there and watch my brother skate. My first trip to Kona, sprained ankle the first hour in the whole weekend. I had to sit there and watch my brother skate with my ankle on ice all weekend doing nothing sitting there watching oh. the whole weekend i couldn't skate i was so so bummed oh, so <laughs> i was like oh mom and it was a, it was a long time my mom saved up for that she was a single parent at that time and saved up to take us on that trip you know and it wasn't a contest there was nothing going on it was just a weekend trip to kona you know to i love to, kona have her funds, have her sons, you know, go skate. You know, my brother was 15 or 16. I was 14, 13, 14, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, we're a little punk rock teenagers and she was, uh, she took us up there. I'm sure she wasn't having a great time. It wasn't her thing. That was for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we built a ramp in the backyard. We had an eight foot. Remember I told you we started with eight foot at this time. My mom was working as a waitress at the luau at SeaWorld. At, in the evening time, oh. SeaWorld would close and have this luau and she was a, uh, a waitress there during the luau. And so she was gone in the evenings. When we get home from school, she was heading off to work and you know, we just took over the house at that point. And we started building this half pipe in the backyard and we got the, like I said, my Tim came over and demolished it in like an hour. And by the time my mom got home from work, we had an eight foot wide half pipe structure started, you know, full on structure starting to be built in the backyard. Yeah. By the second or third week, you know, we were, we were getting wood from local neighborhoods that were being built, <laughs> you know, uh, salvaging if you will for lack of a better term so we would pull up with the uh with somebody's car or somebody's parents car or station wagon back then and load it up with wood and drive it back to the house and then you know tell mom that someone gave it to us and or the neighborhood gave it to us and we uh and it was one day she called back from work and she's like how are you guys doing she, we told her we were adding on to the ramp 
And she said, don't you dare add any more to that ramp. By the time she got home, there was another eight foot and we were skating 16 foot wide ramp. And that's where it stopped. At that point, she got a lawyer to draw up some waivers and we had these waivers. Everybody that came over had to sign these waivers and get them notarized. And we had a stack of waivers on the top of the refrigerator uh, for all the kids to skate the ramp. But uh, yeah, that's where she stopped it at 16 or we probably would have kept going. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 16 feet wide. Yeah. It was good to start, you know, back then that was a good little starting vert ramp, nine foot transitions, foot of vert, 16 foot of flat, uh, John Thomas pro skateboarder for Alva back in the day. You may have heard of him. He, uh, yeah. was one of my best friends growing up skateboarding with. He got sponsored by Alva and took off to California. And then the next year I graduated, I got sponsored by Life's a Beach, Bad Boy Club, Steve Stedham, and uh, some other companies. And I went out to California and did my thing in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. So oh, nice. that's where I kind of started my career. Some of my major sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I've actually been to Kona. It's an awesome park. It's probably my Marty, favorite park. Marty does a really good job, uh, and he's done a really good job with keeping it up all these years. Um, every once in a while, he'll do a good polishing of the bowl. I don't know if you guys have seen what they've done last, but it's pretty incredible. Have you guys seen what they did to the the old like flat bottom area, the freestyle area, right when you walk out into the park? Yeah. You see that they just sanded all that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I went and skated it at the last uh, the anniversary thing that they did. It oh, is butter awesome. baby smooth. It oh. is literally like like it's brand new. It's crazy. Oh, it's because awesome. you got, I mean, like I said, I skated it when I was a kid 30, 30 40 plus years ago right? I'm 54. This is 40 years ago. All the rain and weather, what has done to the cement over the years has created this like pockhole, volcano-y type surface, like super I... rough, super gnarly, so harsh on the pads and the body, road rash from, I mean, like super bad. And he rented yeah. these cement sanders and completely redid the basically from sort of the beginning of going down into the big bowl where the tombstone is over to the to the right from where you walk into the park where the barricade thing is and the quarter pipe and the roll in and the kind of the transfer area it is so nice he said he's going to rent those things again and do more he's going to do the bowl then he's going to do the snake run then he's going to do the so he's always trying to go above and beyond to kind of bring that park back to life with not only the original stuff, but also building new stuff in the street course and adding the new, uh, the new park bowl, you know, uh, that they did not too long ago and covered with new gator skins and all that stuff. Um, pretty nice area. The Burt ramp needs a little TSC, but every once in a while he'll go out there and, you know, and do some work on it. And it it's, it needs some work right now, but, I'm hoping, excuse me, I'm burping. Um, I'm hoping at some point 
um, he's going to allow us to do one of our California Amateur Skateboard League or Competitive Amateur Skateboard League is what we're going to start calling it as the mother company. And each state will have its own thing. Since I'm the director of the Florida Amateur Skateboard League, um, we hosted the national championship last year in Lakeland. But I'm hoping we get to host it again in the near future as we grow and have Kona host it. So we oh, can do awesome. contest on the Burt ramp. We can do bowl contest in the bowl and do street contests in the street. And we can do a lot of extras with the tombstone best trick, or we can do, you know, snake run, uh, time run contests. And we can really kind of, you know, do some really cool things there for nostalgic yeah. value, but also for, you know, for the national amateur skateboard league, because we're trying to create, uh, a national program that's going to create a national champions, you know, where you have state championships, national championships, and those kids will go on to compete in the USA Olympic qualifiers or Olympic, you know, Olympic yeah. events, US skateboarding events, or World Cup skateboarding events, or Jackalope Fest. You know, yeah. I'm hoping we can tie into them next year and probably try to create um, maybe. Uh, through the Fassel and Utah. We have Utah. We have Colorado we brought on this year. We have NorCal. We have the video contest series, which we're also doing, which anybody can enter from anywhere. Um, all the states as well, anybody can travel from any other state to compete in in the state leagues that we have now. Like oh, it, nice. you don't have to live in Florida to compete in a Florida Amateur Skateboard League. You don't have to live in California to compete in a California Amateur Skateboard League. The joy of it is if you become a member of the Competitive Amateur Skateboard League, you can skate in any of them if you're traveling. Let's say your family's on vacation in Utah and there's a Utah Amateur Skateboard League event. Boom, show up with your membership card and you enter and you get to pay membership rate and enter the Utah contest. And those points will go towards your ranking, overall ranking, which is what will get you to the national championship or invited to the national championship is our ranking system. Oh, nice. The top kids from California, Utah, Colorado, Florida, in each category, which we do vert, park, and street. And then we have girls, amateur, beginner, intermediate girls. Then we have seven and under, eight to 11, 12 to 15, 16 and over. Uh, and then we have open women's advanced and open men's advanced. And we're using the Olympic judging criteria and format for those divisions for the open advanced divisions. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Do you so have any those guys can get some uh, practice, you know what I mean? Or some experience for the Olympics yeah. and how they do it, you know, what especially for the, street. Oh, like would the, you, like the Utah one, what would that one be called? Would it still be called U it's Utah Amateur Skate? You want me to say it? Yeah. Because we've had the jokes about this. All right. So the Utah League is called You Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Arizona will be? What? Just Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we've had this joke. We've gone through most of the states. Tassel will be Texas. Wait, wait, what would <laughs> we'll, have tassels. we'll have tassels on their logo, like on your bike, mm -hmm. little streamers. <laughs> but oh, yeah, 
So that's sort of why I mentioned earlier, if you look at our new website, we have a new website. Um, and I, I don't know the exact, I know because ours is the link on mine. If you go to FASLUSF.com, it'll link you to the new website. It'll link you to the FASL page. But if you click on the bars, you can go to the home page, which is now a universal website for our entire league. Before we had separate websites for each league, but we just launched a new website, which is universal. And it's like I said, it's called the Competitive Amateur Skateboard League. And all the leagues under that are under that mother league. The reason we did that is so we can still continue to use our acronym, CASTLE. CASTLE is the one that everybody knows. It's the one that Frank Hawk and Sonia Catalino started. This the, the CASTLE, the California Amateur Skateboard League, has been around for 35-plus years, possibly longer. Um, yeah. Exactly yeah, this date. is awesome. But there, yeah, there's rich, rich history in California Amateur Skateboard League. And Sonia, rest in peace, just passed away last year. Um, my partner, Rob Key, and his wife have been helping her run it for the last, I want to say, 10 years. And so they took it over, and now they're running it. And I partnered up with them like three years ago to bring back Fassel. We relaunched uh, Northern California League. Like I said, we brought on Utah last year. We brought on Colorado this year. We're going to bring on Virginia. We're starting to uh, incorporate John Fadala and Coastal Edge and start the Virginia Amateur Skateboard League. Um, so we're in talks with them there. We're in talks with Embassy and Lee and Nate with uh, starting the Texas Amateur Skateboard League. Um, I'm in talks with Dakota White in Minnesota, I believe. Uh, to start a Minnesota league. We have interest in Illinois and Indiana. Um, I'm, I'm oh, brain farting no. the guy's name, but he runs Jet Black Skateboards, and he wants to do an Indiana-Illinois league. So I'm anticipating and hoping, and with our you know boots on the ground and everything we're doing now, to have a National Amateur Skateboard League within the next five years, like oh. full-on – that everybody can count on, rely on, in a visual path for parents to see to get their kids to the Olympics if they want to be a competitive skateboarder. Oh, yeah. yeah or, to go to or to go to the Olympics or any competitive skateboarding. You know what I mean? And I say specifically competitive skateboarding because we all know there's different ways to make money skateboarding these days. You know, yes. you don't necessarily have to skate contest to be the top pro that everybody loves and wants to buy the boards and, and is making good money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, Jaws, you know, Aaron Jamowski. I mean, there's a, a list of, of guys, you know what I mean, that we could go on that don't skate competitions. Maybe once in a while they go skate, you know, uh, a, a, a thrasher event or, a, or something like that. But overall, they're not super competitive skateboarders. In yeah. that sense, they're not going for medals at the X Games or the Olympics or, you know, they're not into that athletic aspect of skateboarding. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I respect that. You know what I mean? I love both. I love the fact that skateboarding comes from that core era. You know what I mean? From Just like surfing does. Uh, you know what I mean? We came from surfing, you know? Yeah. So... 
It's a, it's a way of life, but there's also a competitive sport athletic aspect to it that, uh, you know, otherwise it wouldn't be in the Olympics, you know, and if you look up the definition of sport, we definitely are in that definition. Yeah. And entertainment or, uh, activity, uh, I believe is the definition, you know what I mean? For entertainment or competitive or something. I forget the exact definition, but it's pretty, pretty open and skateboarding definitely falls under that definition. You know, yeah. skaters would, would, uh, would disagree, but you know, I didn't make the definition. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this is great. I really need to get involved with that. Cause I want to ride for USA when I get older. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are killing it at Jackalope Fest. Oh, thanks. Thanks. That was a lot of fun having, you know, skating with all you guys. And it was pretty cool that they opened the ramp and allowed yeah. people to, you know, to buy skate passes to come and skate on the ramp. You yeah, know, that was all awesome. skill levels. Yeah. Which was pretty interesting. You know what I mean? You don't put a 13 and a half foot high ramp on the beach and go, come on, everybody, get on. Yeah. You know, that's a little bit of a liability. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you buy the shredder pass and you sign the waiver, on the ramp you go, put on your mm-hmm. safety gear and go for it. The good thing yeah. is, is, is you saw all the skill levels and what skateboarding is truly all about during those demos on the beach with us. It it is about, we're all constantly trying to learn a new trick or constantly, you know, for me trying to do a trick I used to do (laughs) or relearn a new trick, relearn an old trick, I should say. Um, But, uh, it's all about the camaraderie within the session on the ramp or in the bowl or at the skate park or wherever you're at skating with your friends and your buddies, whether you just met them or you've known them for decades or, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it, it, we are just all, we're all on the same page when we pad up. We're like, Hey, let's skate and have some fun. And you know what I mean? Learn some stuff. And, you know, joke around, heckle each other a little bit every once in a while. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, I just love it. It's one of the things you asked me at the beginning of this interview, why I love it so much. And it's one of the things I love about it. You know, yeah. the family that I have in skateboarding really fills uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, fills a lot for me. Yeah. And Physically. hey. Oh. Does my soul a lot of good. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I wanna I wanna see if I can make you laugh. You wanna hear a joke? Oh, totally. What do you call a skater with no board? Oh man. I don't know. A board skater. A board's you are so right. <laughs> that is so true. You are definitely a board skater if you don't have your skateboard. Yeah. I I have a joke. I have a joke. What do you call a person who tells dad jokes who isn't a dad? Uh, a faux pas. A what? Faux pas. A faux pas. A so pas? No, a faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I don't get it. I'm trying to think of kid friendly jokes. <laughs> you got one? 
No, I don't know if I have any kid friendly jokes. Just do a joke. You don't need a kid friendly joke. Just do a joke. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't have any. I don't, I'm not a, I don't know. On the spot, I can't think of any. Not a, I do, I, I'm more of a, a movie quote guy. I'll give oh. you one. It's not really about skating, oh, though. What's your favorite? It just popped up to my head. What does sushi A say to sushi B? Wasabi. Wasabi? Yeah. Wasabi. <laughs> what's your favorite movie skating quote guy? Movie? Like, I like a lot of movie quotes. What is uh, your like favorite? Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey movies. Uh, oh, Ben Stiller. Starsky and Hutch. Do it. What is your favorite skating movie? Uh, oh man, that's it. All right, so let's distinguish skateboard movie or skateboard like video, like by a skateboard company, movie or like Hollywood movie, movie thrashing. Yes, thrashing for sure. Thrashing because that was in my era, and my sponsor Stedham was in it, and I knew all the I knew Tony Alva, Dave Duncan. Um, Stedham, all the guys that were in most in that movie, like the bad guys, especially in that downhill scene of the bad guys, yeah. like the Dogtown guys or whatever. Like, it, yeah, that was that was pretty dope. I knew all those guys. I knew most of the guys that were doubling in the movie, not necessarily the actors, but you know the skaters that were in the movie. Stedham was in it. Steve Stedham yeah. and. And Alba and Duncan and a couple guys. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And the whole, the whole movie context, if you will, right, is is pretty funny when you look back at it. You know, yeah. the the whole '80s movie kind of theme and storyline. You know, with your typical '80s movie feel good ending like it's so funny to watch the bad guys the good guys um it's pretty classic um if you could pick three 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 skaters to have a sesh with who would they be that's harsh I mean, not harsh, but that's, I mean, that might be the wrong word. Uh, I would have to say there's the old era me, Monty Nolder, Jeff Phillips, Christian Hasoy, probably like just power skaters, just uh, John Grigley. Also, he was my inspiration. If you, like my very one of my very first inspirations and why I do all the extraordinary hand plants I do. Yeah. It's John That's Grigley. Awesome. Right out of the gate. John Grigley saw that guy do hand plants. I saw my friend do hand plants and I'm like, I want to do inverts. And it was one of the first tricks I learned. And but I saw these other guys, Neil Blender, John Grigley, you know, a couple other guys, Ken Park doing hand plants and doing these stalls and, and all this crazy stuff. And I, I fell in love with the invert. Yeah. And uh, so definitely that those guys up in there now, modern day, uh, depending on 
the type of session, if you're, I mean, just all out, like we're powerhousing uh, that dude, Frenchie, Eddie, Demonstra, um, Colin, Colin Graham, uh, my teammate, uh, Jaime Mateo, but he's not a big Burt skater. But as far as Burt skaters are concerned, I'd say, uh, God, who would be the other one I'd want to skate with? Man, there's so many good ones. Um, just super explosive. There's just a couple. Tom Shar, super explosive on Burt, comes to mind. Um, God, there's so many good. Hey, uh, uh, the Brazilian guy that's been killing it lately. Um, uh, Augusto. Oh yeah. Augusto, oh my God, so awesome, such an awesome dude, always a smile on his face, but also just full, you know, full steam ahead, and that's how I like to skate, you know, it's hard to skate some of these bigger ramps now, because it doesn't necessarily cater to my, I want to say, style, I like to skate hard and fast, I like to go high, but I also like to stall, Back when I, you know, used to do airs, I used to just to like to go fast and high and skate and charge. You can kind of see it in my style. And the bigger ramps, you've got to kind of slow your pump down. You got to kind of slow everything down and kind of put it into a slow mo mode when your brain's going. You know what I mean? So it's like. It's hard to slow it down, and uh, but it does it does skate nicely. I do see the the benefits to the vert, you know, to the vert factor of it. So, but yeah, those guys. Anybody, I would say, anybody that you guys would consider just just off the rails. Chris Russell. Oh my God! <laughs> I just shook the shook the uh, computer. <laughs> get some kind of effect there chris russell all freaking day bro that dude i i skated with him i think the first time i skated with him was at Merritt island he came and skated Merritt island uh he was skating for creature darren navarettes and adam efforts rest in peace and a couple other guys had come and they brought a young chris russell to skate vert with us did a vert session skated no pads did the most insane sickest Crap I've ever even seen anybody do on a vert ramp on a skateboard. And Merritt Island was 13. That ramp was always ahead of its time. 11-foot trannies, 2-foot of vert, way before big trannies and big vert were ever a thing. Um, and then I skated with him at Kona at the Bull Riders Cup. Wow. Saw him skate the bull and was just blown away. Just at the aggro, aggressive, and it's also another time. This is a little, a little bit of the ADHD I was telling you about when I came up with this theory. Right, if you know Chris Russell and a couple other skaters that ride their trucks, they take bushings out of them, they take washers out of them. Reef Orlando takes his pivot bushing out of them. So that the trucks will wobble if you look at them wrong. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> trucks yeah. that are so loose, you shake the board and they just go. Blah, blah, blah. They yeah. just fall over. Like yeah. a, you know what I mean? They have no, 
Like the bushing, one of the bushings is gone, blown out. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. That's how Chris Russell rides his trucks. Wow. And I've wow. discovered that anybody that skates their trucks like that absolutely destroys stuff. <laughs> like they are the some of the most amazing best skaters I've ever seen. Ronnie yeah. Sandoval. Uh Chris Russell. Uh, and because who? And because it makes it a lot harder because if you I don't know what it is. If it's harder bit, or better. Get, like a wheel bite just but it's just incredible the how insane they rip. Yeah. Like when you see these guys and like, oh, and then you see their board and you see you know, the trucks and the way they ride the trucks. Like every person like I've seen ripping and then they come over and throw their board down and their trucks wobble when they throw the board down. I'm like, yep, there it is. Yeah. Like I knew it, you know, it's a theory that I have. I'm testing it now as I yeah. watch skaters and stuff. I go, Hey, let me see your truck. Cause it's mostly all terrain skaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's my, but reef Orlando is a full vert skater and he rides his trucks like that. Oh, wow. So it's not, yeah, exactly. His ramp's 13, 11 and 2. Like, it, it, you know, and kind of slippery a little bit sometimes because it's indoors. You guys know who Reef Orlando is, right? Uh, no. No? No. I'm sorry. Dude, you got to look up Reef Orlando. He is. I'll get him. You guys need to do an interview with him. So he was one of my students. If you guys don't know, I teach skateboarding as well. I run a skateboard company called Skate A Lot, S K eight A L O T, and I do private skateboard lessons. I've been doing them for ten plus years, and uh, he was one of my students. He is now one of the best vert skaters on the planet. Wow. He got fourth place at the first Tony Hawk Vert Alert, and I think he just got sixth place at the last one. He wasn't quite on his game. He was working on a um backside disaster lip slide shove it in wow yeah he, he does them now but he was working on that during the contest and he couldn't quite get it in the best trick portion of the competition so he ended up he made the finals but he ended up placing uh but i imagine him to be placing first uh quite soon in the next few x games or Whatever, because he's he's gonna start coming out of the gate. He's starting to get invited to uh, skate these big vert contests and stuff. But look him up, Reef Orlando. It's one of my okay. former students. I worked with him for about two years, and now he is one of skateboarding's best vert skateboarders coming up. Yeah. Um, Shiloh Katori. I hope I pronounced that right. She's a street skater now. That's on the Olympic path. She's gone to a bunch oh. of Olympic qualifiers. Um, she's one of the baddest street skater, girl street skaters, um, uh, right now, um, skates for, she's got a couple different companies. Um, I know she's going through some changes right now because blind is going through some changes, <clears throat> but she was fine for blind. I think hardcore wheels, van shoes, a clothing company, uh, possibly independent trucks. Um, but uh, yeah, she's she's uh, she's insane street skateboarder. She was one of my students. I started working oh, with her. She could barely even do a kick turn, barely even push on the skateboard. 
I worked oh, wow. with her for about a year and a half, two years, and now she's she's on her path to the Olympics and one of the best female street skaters uh, in on the circuit right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, she just do you got have any place at the uh, Border Open in uh, New York last weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, she got second place in the women's. Yeah. So, yeah, she's really good. Check her out. Shiloh Katori. She's got freaking thousand followers. Same with the other guy. Reef's got, they've all, they both got tons of followers. I'm surprised you guys haven't heard of them because they're, you know, they're young up and comers. Um, but yeah, I could probably get you an interview with both of them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I could probably hook you up with an interview with both of them. They'd be happy to do an interview with you guys. Yeah. Well, they're both super nice, well-raised kids. Their parents, uh, Shiloh's mom, Robin, is a super awesome lady. And uh, and Tom and um, Leslie, uh, Reef's, Reef's parents, super awesome parents, doing a really good job, uh, you know, raising their kids and manners and what have you. So yeah, they'd be good. They'd be good interviewees. Yeah. Interviewees. <laughs> um, do you do you have any words of wisdom for all the grommets out there watching this? Keep trying. Don't give up. Don't yeah. let those first few slams shut it down for you. It's one of the reasons I do skate lessons, and one of the reasons I enjoy beginner skate lessons the most. Because it's, I believe, where I can have the most impact as far as keeping a skater a skater, if yeah. that makes sense. Because if I can, let's say, you know, and this is just a little analogy that I use with some of my students and some of the parents uh, when I get these beginners. I just started with a new student uh, two days ago, Wednesday. I just started with a new six-year-old girl. Her name's oh, no. Arabella. And she'd never been on a skateboard before and she's got the right pads and the right helmet and everything. And we're good to go. She's got good equipment to get started. But you know, as well as I know is that that girl goes down super hard. The first couple of seconds on that skateboard, it's over. Yeah. That skateboard's going back in the trunk, back in the garage, whatever you want to say. And she's going, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. That's yeah. not my thing. You know what I mean? Like, especially if it's a hard slam, like the kid slams her and knocks their teeth out or something. Like it, it's, it's brutal. It can especially be, a, literally you could be rolling around the ground and hit a rock and slam your face and break your nose and knock your teeth out. Yeah. Like that's pretty traumatic like, for a kid start, at a young age to experience on a skateboard that's supposed to be a toy, supposed to be learning how to ride a bike, like having fun with it. So yeah. I believe that if I can negate some of those first few slams and allow you to experience riding the skateboard a little bit, like actually being on it, picking up some speed, having a little bit of control, tic-tacking, carving, and experiencing that exhilaration and that endorphin rush of the anticipation and excitement it gets from rolling a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And you know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about. And yeah. once you experience that, you're in. You know what I mean? Like you'll take a little slam or a little fall if it means getting back up and doing that again. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I could do that, okay, all right. I now you realize what what is what's it it's worth. You know what I mean? There's a lot of excitement, a lot of fun, especially if you go to a skate park and you see what other kids are doing on skateboards and you're like, wow, like I want to do those tricks and do those things and go up and down the bowls and, you know, ride this thing like a roller coaster. Um, it's amazing. You know, the eyes light up, the stars light up in the eyes. And, and it's just an amazing experience for me um, as well as the kid. And I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. It's why I do the contests. It's why I do the skate lessons. It's why I skateboard now and still do it. Um, it's just an awesome, awesome sport that we have. And to be able to give back to something that's given so much to me is a blessing. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere that we can like follow you? Like follow your story. so all my uh Rodney Mead 47 on Instagram. Yeah. Believe um, it or not, that's when I created my Instagram page when I was 47. Oh wow, nice. All the other numbers were taken. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Rodney Meads, there's a few of them out there, but I'm Rodney Mead 47. And most of the time, if you type my name in, my icon will be a picture of me doing a hand plant. Yep, I you watched You can't miss me. Um, I do have three other pages. Um, I do an event here at my house called Mayhem at Mead Manor. So I have a Mayhem at Mead Manor uh, Insta page. I have the Florida Amateur Skateboard League page, which is Fassel USF. Um, that's an Instagram page. And I have Skate A Lot, S-K-8-A-L-O-T, the number eight, A-L-O-T-7. Skate A Lot yeah. 7 is my lessons uh, Insta page. And then I have a Facebook page, Florida Amateur Skateboard League Facebook page and Rodney Mead Facebook page. Uh, I believe I have a TikTok, but I don't use it and haven't been on it. Um, one of my students created it for me a long time ago, um, but I don't go on it or don't use it. I deleted the app. I believe I have a Snapchat too, but I don't go on or use that as well. Um, it's just It's just not my thing right now. I haven't adapted to that yeah. <laughs> Instagram's pretty much where you can find all my current postings. Um, we have a, um, a social media person that does, uh, kind of runs the facile Insta page, but I created it. So I also have access to it and we'll post things on there randomly myself. Oh, nice. But we do have a social media person for our, uh, the competitive amateur skateboard league and all our, all our franchises and stuff. They'll like, we're like, if you see on my page now, you'll see on, on the facile page, you'll see a lot of current posts for our next contest, which is in skate bird skate park in Miami next weekend. June oh. 24th is our next stop. Stop number five for the Florida amateur oh, skateboard man. league, skate bird skate park. Check it out. It's I a badass I skate park in Miami. It's undercover. This guy built it. It's built out of the shipping containers around the side. It has two levels of shipping containers and then a giant cover. And then he turned the shipping containers into shops and like uh, a little store and a restaurant and a skate shop and stuff. And then there's an outdoor like pump track park area. It's so rad. And they do all kinds of special events, contests, skateboard contests. Uh, Street League went there. Uh, they do concerts. 
they do all kinds of live modeling venues. They're in, they're in Miami, so they do all kinds of modeling events and stuff there, uh, like runway modeling stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, I wish I could. Clothing. I wish I could come to the contest, but I'm gonna be. Um, and then, well, our next one in July is in Miami again at Lot Eleven. Oh, nice. down where Richie F's and Zion F's and those guys are from. Zion F's. Oh, yep, Zion and Richie and all those guys. They're from Miami. We go down to Miami because they run that park. His dad is uh, kind of the head guy that runs the skate park there. It's underneath the freeway, Lot Eleven Skate Park. Yep, oh, it's nice. a really nice one. Uh, I think after that we're going to New Smyrna. We'll be at NSB uh, in August, oh, yeah. September. We switched up and we're going to go to the brand new park in Pensacola. I think September 24th will be in Pensacola Skate Park. Um, and then after that, we'll do our final stop in Melbourne, West Melbourne Skate Park and here at my house. So October 29th, uh, West Melbourne, we'll do park and street. Then we'll pack up and we'll come to here to my house because I'm only like 20, 25 minutes from there. And we'll come here to my house and we'll do a vert contest and a Halloween party for the Floyd Amateur Skateboard League. And we'll do oh, Tricks nice. for Treats, hosted by Fire Marshal Bill. Let me show you something. <laughs> Parents know who that is. <laughs> All right, well. I got the yeah, whole suit and everything. Thank you so much thank for coming so on the podcast. Thank you coming on the podcast, yep. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, this maybe I'll awesome. see you at the event. Awesome. The Gromit Vomit team rules. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got to teach you the handshake. Yeah, so, we got it. Uh, there we go. Boo. Smack. Uh, so boom. And then. Smack. Smack. Boom, and then. Fifth yep. And then. Bleh. Bleh. Oh, I like. Oh, blah. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Blah. Blah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. Gromit Vomit. All right, <laughs> Grumman Vomit out. Grumman Vomit out. Grumman Vomit. Oh man, goddamn. Nick's back with a sidewalk slam. Still ten toes with them high top pants.